All right, welcome back to Small Nuggets from the Word. Um, we're going to look today a little bit at Philippians chapter 2, where Paul is still writing to the church at Philippi. He's still going through some things and, and guiding them through. And, and here in chapter 2, he, he's actually addressing humility among the Christian uh, society. And, you know, that's something that when you really break it down, I think that we, we get so confused about um, arrogance and confidence and, and what it really means to be humble and, and not <clears throat> how far we should go not, not thinking of ourselves. You know, uh, the old adage about joy is is the J stands for Jesus, the O stands for others, and then it's yourself. But a lot of times I think we even go too far there. We're a society that goes too far in a lot of areas. Um, you know, we, we either only look out for ourselves or we only look out for other people and allow ourselves to just go by the wayside and, and not really um, care or think about what we need at the time. And, <clears throat> you know, Paul here really addresses it well. And he really takes time to break it down for us. And so we're going to look a little bit at that. In verse 1, it says, uh, If then there is any encouragement. Actually, let's let's go there. I'm going to change my, uh, change my version. It says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. Verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. See, you know, that's where we really need to, I guess, come to understand what Paul is talking about. Uh, it's almost a little bit of tongue-in-cheek when, when Paul says, so if there is any encouragement. What he's saying is, is in our lives, there are these three things. There, there is encouragement in Christ. Uh, there is comfort in love. There is participation in the Spirit. You know, when you begin to think about um, having encouragement in Christ, if we didn't have encouragement in Christ, how would we make it through the day? I mean, how would we really be okay with the way things are going and the way things are happening in our world? So there has to be some encouragement in Christ. And that doesn't just come from the inside. That also comes from the outside. You know, sometimes it's just somebody patting you on the back or saying, good job. Uh, glad to glad you did that or you did that well. And then there's, you know, in comfort and love. And, you know, I think back on when I lost both of my parents, I, I lost both of my parents within a 10 month span. And, and I'm just going to say that without the love of those around me, I don't think I would have been able to, to really function. I mean, it was, it was tough, but that love that they showed encouraged me to carry on. I, I told this story um, Sunday when I was teaching Sunday school, and, and the the day that my mom passed away, um, I was it was a Sunday morning, and and 
my wife looked at me and said, what are we going to do? You know, after we had been to the hospital and, and, and she had passed and I said, well, we're going to church because I don't know anything else to do. So we get there and people really don't know what to say in the midst of, of someone passing away. Um, they want to be so supportive and they want to be so encouraging, but it, it's so hard. So they, all they did was show me love that day. A smile here, a we're thinking about you or we're praying for you there. And it really changed the way I felt that day. No, it didn't take away the hurt and it didn't take away the the frustration. What it did was just allow me to to know that someone cared. And then you get into any participation in the spirit. You know, if if we don't know as Christians that the spirit is active in our lives, then we might need to check where we stand in our uh, salvation because, uh, you know, a lot of people say that they their conscience is talking to them. I think about as a child when uh, Disney, I believe, or one of those always had let the conscience be your guide. That was Disney. And truthfully, our conscience should be the spirit, the Holy Spirit, because uh, Jesus said that he's not going to leave us with without a helpmate or without a helper. And he sent his spirit to indwell in us. So, you know, when you begin to look at this, there has to be in our lives a participation in the spirit. We have to really um, be allow the spirit to work through us so that we are being productive in our Christian life. It goes on, it says, in any affection or sympathy, you know, if there's any emotion there that, that we actually care about other people, that sympathy, you know, when, I want you to think about it, when other people hurt, do you hurt? When other people are, are down, are, are we always over there in the corner saying, ah, karma, they got what they deserved? Or are we saying, you know, I may not know how they feel, but I understand that they are feeling something. I understand that they are struggling. I understand that they are hurting. You know, that's when we get into that. And and if all of those things or any of those things are present, then that should complete our joy. And, you know, the word there for complete is is perfect. And it doesn't mean to be perfect without a hole in it or without a downfall or without a problem. What it means is, is to be the way God intended it for, for it to be, the way he wanted it to be. You know, and he said, we do that. We complete that joy by being of the same mind. And, you know, the same mind as, as he, we need to think about things in, in a like manner. You know, how many times do we disagree in the Christian faith, when uh, what it really comes down to is, and I want you to think about this, and you know, if you if you completely disagree, let me know. Uh, send me a message, comment, whatever you need to do. But does it really matter what the color of the carpet is in the church? Does it really matter um, what someone wears? I mean, now, now let's keep that. 
let's keep that modest. Let's not let's not really get out there and and say they can wear whatever they want to. But are we really getting into not thinking along the same minds? And you know, a lot of times we have the idea that our way of thinking is right. When it comes down to, and you want to talk about the gospel, we should be in the same mind about the gospel. And if you don't know what the gospel is, it is that Christ was born of a virgin. He chose to take the death on the cross. And then on the third day, he rose again. That's the gospel, the gospel of love, the gospel of, of Jesus. And that's what we have to have that same mind about. We have to have that thought process. And we got to have the same love. The love of Christ. We have, and that's what Christianity is all about. Is about love. You know, we get into a lot of don't do this and do this and don't do this. You gotta do this and you gotta do this a certain way, and you gotta make it like this. And truthfully, you know, it, it is about love. You know, we get in, we spend so much time in the Christian faith defining sin. Scripture defines sin. But probably one of my favorite verses to use right here is in James. And James says, to know what is right and do it not, that is sin. So we get so caught up in in splitting hairs and, and making things right, wrong, whatever. And, and really for us, we we need to look at what Scripture says. You know, we need to look at what we have. And and what God is trying to teach us through it. That's how we have that same love. And it says being in, in full accord and of one mind. Being in agreeance. Do you know it's okay to disagree with people? It is okay for us to not always see eye to eye. Sometimes we're just going to have to get to heaven and figure out who was right and who was wrong. But it's not okay to argue. It's not okay to to really fuss and fight over um, things that are not, and you know, I'm going to say doctoral things. We get into doctoral things a lot instead of being in scriptural things and really breaking it down and seeing what it really says. And there's a lot of places I know that um, we, we make rules that are not there. We bring about things that are not in scripture because that's what man has, has said. And truthfully, if it's not of Scripture, because Scripture says us, tells us not to add to or take away from anything in Scripture. So we have to really get into that and start studying it and start taking into account all of these things that that God says is, is good and God says is not good. And really begin to look at and break down what it means to be in full accord in one mind. What it really means to have the mind of Christ, what it really means to to have that same spirit and that same love that Christ had. You know, if we if we go back and, and through the New Testament into the Gospels and we look at um, how Jesus encountered the sinners and how he handled situations that were today, we I think we might handle incorrectly. Um, it's really troubling to me that we sometimes ostracize sinners because of sin when actually that's who Jesus came to. 
That's who he went to. That's who he taught. That's who he ate with. And I'm not saying you go do the things that they're doing. Please don't twist what I'm saying and, and turn it that way. But truthfully, can we not love them? Can we not understand that the sinner, like me, I'm a sinner, that I'm the one that the gospel happened for? You know, you break down John 3.16, and sometimes I really think we need to put our own name in there where it says, God so loved the world. And uh, sometimes I think it needs to be God so loved me. And for some of us, it needs to be in our head that God so loved that person we're struggling with, that person we're having a hard time with, because God loved them enough to send his son. So we have to love them enough to, to try to find that connection, to try to find that full accord in one mind. You go on down and it says, do nothing. I want you to understand there. Nothing is nothing. That is nothing. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. This does not mean, and I get so, I don't know, wrapped up in this. This does not mean that you don't matter. This does not mean that your needs don't matter. What this means is, is don't do everything based around the way you want it. Don't do everything. It says do nothing from selfish ambition. Don't do every, don't do anything that is just based around what you want or what you think. You know, we have to take into account how our actions affect someone else. In society, I think that we've lost the the concept that even though it's our choice, sometimes our choice affects other people. I think about basketball uh, when when I think about this, and um, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan, and I am my wife's assistant coach at the at the local high school, and you know, if someone decides to not pass the ball and turn it over 37 times, it doesn't just affect them. It affects their team. If they decide not to practice and get better, it doesn't just affect them. It affects their team. So they're doing something out of selfish ambition. They're wanting what they want when they want it. And that's what our society has come to is a instant gratification. I want it right now. And I really don't care how it affects you. Right here, Paul's saying, don't be like that. Don't do it out of selfish ambition. Don't do it out of, um, let me get back at somebody. Let me bring karma about for them. He said, but count others more significant than yourself. If we start looking out for other people, if we start loving on other people, if we start caring about the outcome for them, then we're really going to, to, to start enjoying life. And those things that used to bother us and, and tear us up and, and drive us crazy will no longer do it. You know, it will no longer be a problem for us when someone else prospers, when someone else uh, does well. You know, if you look up conceit in the, in the dictionary, it says excessive pride in oneself. So don't do anything just because you want to get something or your ambition. And don't do it just because you can take pride in yourself and pat yourself on the back. 
You know, Scripture tells us that we're not prospering. Things are not going well for us just so that we could say, look what I did. It's so that we can turn it back and say, look what God did for me. Look what God has. One more verse here. Uh, Verse 4 says, let each of you look not only in his own interest. So it doesn't say don't look at your interest. It says don't look just at your interest, but also the interest of others. You know, we have to really begin to think about the interest of other people. You know, and, and that, that's where we're going to stop um, as far as verses today. And, and we're, we're going to jump back into that, that passage uh, next time. And we're going to hold on to the fact of, you know, that small nugget that comes from Philippians chapter 2 and beginning in, in verse 1. And we're going to look at my challenge for you is to look at where you can find a little more humility in your life, where you can find a little more of, let me see what I'm doing and how it's affecting someone else. You know, I I think about a lot um, because I, I grew up a little spoiled and my mom and dad, we were not rich, but they gave me things. And I really didn't realize in my mind at that time how that was affecting them, what that was doing to them. You know, my dad would go to work from five in the morning till six o'clock at night, come in and go back out to a, a shop that we had there at the house and and work again that night so he could make extra money to give my brothers and sisters and I what we wanted, not what we needed. We had what we needed. And I never really thought about how that was affecting him because all I was worried about was me, mine. So my challenge to you after hearing this is how can you look at other people and care how you're affecting them? Also, my challenge is this, that we that we find ourselves being of the same mind, same love, and in full accord so that we're not looking for an argument, so that we're not looking for somebody to prove wrong. If you've got to be right all the time, it's not the other people. If you're arguing with five people at one time, it's not the other people. You know, sometimes we just have to step back and find that we have to be of the same mind of Christ. If you go back and you search scripture, you're going to find that most of the time he answered an, an accusation without an argument. You know, I go back to to when Pilate said, they say that you're the king of the Jews. What do you say? And he said, it is as you say it is. He didn't argue. He just said, it is what it is. It is how it is. So, you know, when we go throughout our day, what is our purpose? Are we looking to be of the same mind? Are we just looking to disagree? Are we looking to show them the same love that Christ gave them or gave us? Because it's time that we get past some of these petty things that, that are going on in our world and really begin to love people because they're people and because God placed them in our lives for a reason. And we may only have them there for a short season. Are we showing them? Are we loving them? Thank you for joining me. And I hope you come back next time to the Simple Nuggets from the Word.
Uh, let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for everything you've done for us. Father, and we pray that we take this and this scripture and we we allow it to to mold our lives. Father, I pray that you touch the lives of each and everyone that's listening. Father, you you guide them in your in your will and in your way. And we get outside of ourselves, Father, and we start seeking out what is betterment of your kingdom and what is betterment of your people, Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.